question. Why does Matt James kiss women with his eyes open? The problem with this show is that it's not live, so he can't take the feedback on Twitter and be like, oh, I should close my eyes. No, this is going to be consistent. This might be like an overshare, but that's what I do here. Sometimes, like if I've been kissing a person, I'll open my eyes really quick because sometimes people just look really funny when they're kissing people. And so like, I like to have a little laugh. But like, imagine if I were kissing Matt James and I opened my eyes to have my little laugh and then he was staring right back at me. And this is why I would self-eliminate. Hi, Emily. Hi, Kayla. You brought it down a few octaves. That's good. Yeah, I tried to bring it down to like a normal person's decibel so it wasn't like a dog whistle. Let me know how it worked out. (laughs) I'm on my third Sober Bachelor Monday. (laughs) We're so close to the end of Sober Bachelor Mondays for you. I understand that we chose an audio medium so people can't see me unless I do something embarrassing and then we post it on our Instagram. But for the people who just like need a visual on me, I'm currently drinking Trader Joe's not spiked, just regular old seltzer in a wine glass just to feel alive. I did not watch Sober. Um... You know what? We got right back into it. As you know, the end of the last episode ended with Sarah fainting or feeling faint. At the time, Sarah had not yet acted dramatic. So when she was fainting, I was like, oh my God, this is so serious. She's ill. But then as we'll discover later in the episode, she is a little bit attention seeking. (laughs) Right. And she already did have a rose. So to her credit, like it didn't seem like she was faking it. As someone who faints frequently, I mean, I've fainted on the A train before. I've been almost like force-fed goldfish by a strange woman I didn't know because I fainted on the A train. I understand that fainting is something you cannot control. And so when Sarah fainted or quote unquote fainted, I was like, totally get it, totally on her side. Don't think she faked it at all. So Sarah's fine. She's fine. She recovers. She's fine. He continues passing out roses. MJ gets a rose and then Victoria gets a rose. She gets the last rose and Marilyn is sent home. Which is a shame because as we saw in the last episode, Marilyn is the person that didn't get a date last week, but he did give her an orchid. So he clearly had retained some information about her and felt a decent connection to her. But clearly he is being manipulated by Victoria and what Victoria is saying about Marilyn. So she goes home. And who knows how much of the orchid was producers? Who knows how much of this is producers? But at the same time, it just seems unfair. Marilyn seems very upset, which is very valid because she's gone essentially because of Victoria, which is horrible. If you are going to go home on this show, you do not want it to be because of what another girl has said about you. Marilyn goes home. That's the last we see of the rose ceremony. And then we cut back to the lobby of the Nema colon where Chris Harrison, comes in and tells them that this week there's going to be two group dates and a one-on-one. And then he informs us of something truly telling about Matt James. He tells us that Matt has trouble being uncomfortable, which just let me know that Matt James has a beating heart. Uh, I don't know of anyone (laughs) except for Kit a little bit later who tells us that she loves to be uncomfortable. So, I mean, good for her, girl, because it was about to get really uncomfortable. This was right up her alley. I mean, she was in the Thrive Zone. So then we cut to the group date. Well, they read the names of who's on the group date. I didn't write down who's on the group date because truth be told, there's a million of them. We go to this weird little curtained off room of the Nema colon where we see Ashley Iconetti in shadow reading erotica. And then we find out 
that the erotica that Ashley Iconetti is reading is from Chris Harrison's new book. My sister bought me this book for Christmas. When I received it, I thought it was the greatest book ever. And after watching this episode, I think I have to burn it. I have not read it. I am part of two book clubs. I am far too busy to read this book. I planned on reading it, and then I heard a fucking little bit of it, and now I'm like, I'm nervous. Pause, pause. The little bit you heard, let me repeat it for you. Something about cupping a man's buttocks. I don't want that. (laughs) I especially don't want to read that with the knowledge that Chris Harrison wrote it, put it through an agent, put it through editors, and got it published. That's too many steps for that line to stay in the book. That being said, all this to say about Chris Harrison's book that it will be the next read for mine and Emily's book club. So if anyone is looking to join. So yeah, basically they're all told that they're going to write love stories to Matt or love chapters to Matt, like love scenes, which is horrible and very cringy. And it's going to be like peer monitored by Ashley Iconetti. I happen to be in the minority here that I like Ashley. I think she's fine. Um, Not to be such a thirst monster, but I've met Ashley and she's really, really sweet. But I just think that they continuously put her in this franchise at the most annoying times for her to be present. And it makes her seem so much more unlikable than she is. I'm always confused about why they they consistently bring her back. And it's not because I don't like her. It's not because I don't want to see her, but they always, you're right. They bring her back at, for the weirdest dates. They brought her back last season for the weirdest date. They, like, want her to be, like, the weird bachelor girl who does the weird date. (laughs) And I don't care for it. So she reads the erotica, and then she listens to other people's erotica that they are writing about Matt, which, honestly, as, like, Kayla and I discussed last episode, as oversharers, this might seem like, oh, maybe there are element. This is not my element. This couldn't be less my element. If I had to read my feelings about a man to the man I was writing about, I would jump off the Empire State Building. It's not even just feelings. This is like peer editing your friend's sexts. So that being said, they write these erotic chapters or whatever that they're going to have to get up in front of a studio audience and read. That being said, they're quarantined. So the studio audience is made even more awkward because it's just the other girls in the house. Uh, What I will say that I appreciated is Matt participated in the activity because I feel like sometimes the lead will beyond these dates but just like watch the contestants makes fool of themselves and they won't actually participate so i appreciated that he participated um because sometimes they don't so he read a very cringy scene it, it was horrible this begs the question they're all writing about matt but like who was he writing about there's 30 of them there i mean i literally wrote this is worse than art day from Tasha season somehow like <laughs> making his penis out of clay was not as bad as the erotica date. I mean, in the like preview of the girls writing their stuff, Victoria reads her piece to Ashley and Ashley literally makes a face like, oh no. They all go on to talk about how empowering it is later, but from my perspective, this could not be more embarrassing. So I understand being awkward. If a guy ever asked me to send a dirty text, I cringe, I wanna die. Like, and the only person reading that text is that one guy. And these girls are basically reading sexts on a stage to the guy and millions of viewers. Like, I can't think of a situation worse. In my experience, 
my my very minimal experience with sexting, it's generally the guy really egging on a conversation and me lying in bed in pajamas, eating tacos and watching Bob's Burgers. I don't have anything sexy to say, but I'm going to pretend this is right. the definition of a hilarious date to me, but not a meaningful one. And I appreciate that women had a meaningful experience with it. But I personally would have sat there like, what the fuck am I sitting through right now? <laughs> we get in a little in the moment interview, Rachel says, I don't like to talk about this stuff a lot. And then she get on stage and read her fucking 50 shades of gray that she wrote. And I was like, bitch, ma'am, don't send me into cardiac arrest. She watched Mandy Moore in a walk to remember too many times. And she's like yeah. trying to say those things. And Kit goes and Kit is like his thick legs and like all this weird stuff and the faces she was making i mean i'm not a kit fan so the whole time i was like very uncomfortable if i were not on the date but had to watch the date i actually think it would have been worse the like, secondhand embarrassment the secondhand embarrassment of watching everyone and not having to experience it is like bullying being on the date <laughs> at least you're like oh i get what she was trying to do because i also had to write erotica but if you're not on the date you're like god this sucks this is where i need to insert because we're coming up on my girl katie katie for those who don't remember is the girl that came with the dildo on night one that being said <laughs> I fucking stan Katie. I love her. I think she's hilarious. I started following her on Instagram after I think last week's episode because she came up on my Explore page and her caption was funny. So I followed her. She is so funny and so smart and they are not showing like nearly enough of her on this show. So that being said, if you follow one contestant from this season, go follow Katie on Instagram. Like she's incredible. That being said, she read an extremely dirty sex scene to Matt. I think Katie was in it for the bit and they were trying to make it seem in editing like she was more serious than she was because to me it was very clear that Katie was doing it for a laugh. I like Katie a lot. I've liked obviously like the dildo thing we thought was funny and like I think she's very funny and I think that they carried it on as if she was trying to be like I am like I am here to be your like your sexy enchantress and really she was just being like hi am I right ladies table three knows what I'm talking about she did exactly what we would have done on that date like make it so fucking raunchy and ridiculous just for the bit the one that we close on is Victoria and I gotta say the other girls seemed I was nervous for Victoria I was nervous it was gonna be so like cringy and bad and it was, but at the same time, like, she is funny. And, like, she made a joke out of it. And, like, the other girls were laughing. And it actually seemed like the other girls really enjoyed Victoria's. So things were looking up for Queen Victoria for a minute. But don't worry, she blows it later in the episode. Victoria in this episode is, like, an up and down. She's a roller coaster for me. She's, like, horrible, she really good, is. horrible, good. She makes a few good points. You're, like, okay, wait. The worst person you know has made an excellent point. And, and then she goes back to being horrible and you're like, okay, no, she's still horrible. And then she's like, but I made a good point. You're like, I don't, this episode is really, really Very hard to navigate. Her, yeah. And it's not really about Victoria, so that's okay. But in this moment, they did seem to laugh. I was like, you know what? I'm glad that they had a good time. I was like ready to crawl into my own skin. So then we go to the night portion and uh, one of the first people we see him talking to is Rachel. 
you can tell he likes Rachel. Like he, we, we've been able to tell he likes Rachel for a while, like pretty much just since night one. He's like very giddy around her. And he talks about how he was so appreciative that she opened up and all this stuff. Rachel is very much getting front yeah. runner cut. She's getting the Cassie Randolph cut where we don't see a lot of her. But when we do, it's very much edited to be like, okay, this girl is, is a top contender. So this is when shit starts to hit the fan for the remainder of the episode. We see Sarah back at the house in her room. Reminder, Sarah is the one that got the second one-on-one last week in the biplane. And she is sitting in the house wallowing because she said that being in the audience for the group date that day made her really upset because she, she hates seeing like other girls flirt with Matt and stuff like that. That's fine. That's the normal thing to feel. And we often see on this show, people who get the first one-on-one dates tend to get kind of insecure quickly because they've built a strong connection before any of the other people. So the likelihood of them getting another one-on-one for a while isn't very high. So she starts to crack. But then she made a mistake, and it is a cardinal rule of Bachelor Nation dumb. Do not go to a cocktail party for a date that you were not on. It happens every season, at least once a season, and it never goes well. But that's what she does. She decides to go to the cocktail party for the group date that she was not on. When you sign up to be on the show, you sign up with the understanding that the person you are dating is going to be dating 30 other people. Does that make it okay? No, this is reality television. It's garbage. It's consistently been the same. And so it's like, I understand. I get the insecurity. I truly do. But going to sabotage the date that you are not on without even the intention of sabotage, but just feeling like I have to go talk to him. She goes in and Katie is talking to him and Katie, we've been fans of Katie, but Katie was like dildo girl. Like we haven't really seen her very much since episode one. And so she's finally like, okay, I'm on a group date. I'm talking to Matt. And Sarah walks in and interrupts her and sits down and she's talking to Matt and Katie walks back to the girls and she's like, well, Sarah's here. She said that she had to talk to Matt about something. And so she's talking to him. The thing is, Sarah said she had something important to address. That is valid. If Sarah had had something important to address, fine. But in reality, the important thing was, I'm insecure and I need you to validate me. One of the girls brought up a good point and she said, I get that she had something important to talk to him about, but Chris told us everybody's getting a date this week. So even if she had something important to talk to him about, she would have seen him this week and had the opportunity to talk to him. She had her moment to talk about it and she, she just decided to jump the gun on it. So while I say like, oh, it's valid, she had something to talk about, it's not valid to interrupt the date especially having had a one-on-one it's really unfair to the women who were invited to the state who were expecting to have time with Matt and who may not have gotten it we see this conversation between Sarah and Matt go down Katie is back with the girls explaining that Sarah is there and they all push Katie to go back and get her time back they're like no that's not fair that Sarah is interrupting you go get your time back so Katie walks back over and she's like very awkward about it and asks if you know if they're wrapping up because she'd like to finish her conversation with Matt And Sarah's like, well, I just had something I like really need to talk to him about. And she's like, can I have five minutes? I'll give him to you in five minutes. And Katie's like, how about two? And then she goes and stands like 10 feet away. She might as well have had a stopwatch. Like it was so funny. I was proud of her. I was like, Katie, good for you. You need to assert your time. She took this away from you. Right. Go hover. Go sit on the couch where they are. Let him walk her out. Like, good for you. 
because it was really yeah. ridiculous. And I would have been really furious if I had gotten all of 10 minutes with this person that I'm supposed to be dating and someone who's already had an entire date, hours. Whole day. Whole, whole day. day with this person. They come in and they're like, I have something important to address. No, you will have your time. This is my time. So I was really proud of her. I was like, good for you. Assert yourself get your time. And now this brings me to a more petty point, uh, less to do with plot. We see Victoria in yet another dress that requires a strapless bra that she apparently did not pack. It is a mauve colored dress and she's wearing a nude bra, which is less egregious than when she wore a black bra last week with a light colored dress. But I'm sorry, I had a breast reduction, now I'm a D cup, but I was a G cup for a long time and I owned a strapless bra. They're uncomfortable, they suck, but you're on national fucking television, I don't wanna see your bra straps. In a fancy fucking dress. It's not just your bra straps yeah. under a spaghetti strap t-shirt, it's like you're in a like cocktail dress, you're at a cocktail party. What are you doing? Punishable events, but speaking Punishable. of Victoria, one of our most confusing Victoria moments of the episode happens because Sarah leaves in the cocktail party that she shouldn't have even been at, very upset, and Victoria goes after her. She has an incredibly fake sounding voice, but I think that's just the way she talks because what she was saying to Sarah wasn't that bad. She basically said, look, like, I understand you needed to talk to him and I support you talking to him, but not on our time. Like we've all waited to talk to him this week and it wasn't fair for you to just show up. So what Victoria said was really not that bad. Everything she says sounds annoying because she is annoying. And then Katie came out and kind of joined the fray. You can tell she's a very kind person. So when Katie came out to talk to her, it kind of looked like she was going to be confrontational, but knowing what we see about Katie later in the episode, I think she was probably just checking in. She, she seems like the type that doesn't like to have bad blood with people. She's not trying to dig on Sarah. She's not trying to be like, you bitch, you interrupted my time or like fight her. She's just trying to be like, it was, yeah. it was not respectful. I wouldn't have done it to you. I wish you hadn't done it to me. Then we go back inside and we see Matt. He literally talked to two girls this entire night because Sarah took up the entire time. Or if he talked to other girls, we didn't see it. We didn't see it. So he gives the group date Rose to Rachel. She accepts it. And that's kind of the end of the group date. And the girls are visibly disappointed because they always are when they don't get the rose. But I think especially because of the Sarah thing, I'm sure he talked to more than just two of them due to editing, but I do think some of them didn't get time. Okay, guys, today we are sharing a little bit about the company that produces our podcast. The Chickadee Collective is a new forum created for women by women. In an effort to bring like-minded energy and inspiration to one place, Chickadee has collaborated with female artists who have cultivated multi-hyphenate careers. Subscribe now at www.chickadee.blog to stay in the loop on updates and features, and be sure to follow them on Instagram at Chickadee Collective. They do a lot of really, really cool work. A lot of women have been featured so far on the blog, and it's only growing, and they produce our silly little podcast where we get on here and talk about The Bachelor, but there is so much more to Chickadee than that, so please go give them a follow and check out their work and be on the lookout for more Chickadee podcasts in the future.
So then we go to the house the next day and we see Katie explaining to the other girls what happened with Sarah to the people that weren't on the group date. And then we start to see that Sarah has not emerged from her bedroom that morning. And this turns into a pattern that she does not emerge from her bedroom all day. But this is the day of Serena P's one-on-one. So she is all cute. What a cutie pie, like getting ready for her one-on-one. She's so excited. At this point, I just wrote, Victoria, please put on under eye concealer. I don't know what's going on. As a bully, um, I will say Victoria needs under eye concealer. Um, it, It just, it doesn't look great. And other girls do it and it doesn't bother me. And the Victoria does it. And I'm like, how dare you? You are absolutely offending me and my entire bachelor brand i would sleep in makeup if i were on this show come on it's the day of serena's one-on-one and when matt gets to the house to pick serena up he goes to address the girls about sarah coming to the cocktail party when he realizes that sarah is not sitting there so he asks where she is the girls say upstairs and i like matt a lot i think he's a good bachelor but this was the first time that i was like matt is not immune to men being garbage Because he is supposed to be going on a date with Serena. He already reassured Sarah on other people's time the night before. And then he delays the start of his date with Serena to go upstairs and console Sarah. And he like flops on her bed on top of her and like spoons her. I just think this is the first instance we see of Matt not really having a spine. Not really (laughs) standing up for, okay, this is my time with Serena P. Sarah's upstairs, but that's her business and she needs to deal with it instead of going up there and being like, I have to take care of this one specific girl. The reality of the show is you are dating at this point, like 20 people. Obviously you have people you like or whatever, but you don't get to just focus on them and take time from other people who you're supposed to be getting to know. And Serena P is like, okay, I mean, this is my date. My time is now being wasted so that he can once again go console Sarah. And this is one of those times that the show is so shitty because you can tell that Serena P is annoyed. She is supposed to be going on a date with him. He's upstairs consoling Sarah and she's every right to be annoyed. Like that's fucking ridiculous, especially because she probably knows they're upstairs kissing and like doing whatever. And they're about to go on a date. Any human reaction would be to be annoyed about that. But Serena, I feel like almost feels like she can't be pissed because she really only has this one day to make an impression on him. My sister's boyfriend was like, we saw Serena P's date for 30 seconds. Like we barely saw her date this episode. And she was the one-on-one. I mean, the one-on-ones are like supposed to be like the major thing that happens. And we barely saw this date. And then Anna, I think, summarizes the Sarah situation perfectly when she says she does, because Sarah keeps threatening to go home. She keeps saying she might want to go home. She might want to go home. She might want to go home. And Anna says she doesn't want to go. She wants him to tell her that he wants her here. She wants a Claire Crawley situation where he just chooses her. I get it. Like, again, it's hard to watch your boyfriend date 30 other people, but this is the reality of the show. You signed up for it. And we've had one bachelorette who chose her partner two weeks in. The rest of the time, they see the process out. Matt is not just going to tell you, Sarah, let's ride away together into the sunset. You have to see this through or you have to go home. We see Serena's one-on-one date. They ride horses. She clearly has some kind of horse background because she's very comfortable. And they just ride horses in the woods. We don't really get a lot of conversation out of it until they stop in the middle of a field and have a picnic where Serena teaches him the sacred white woman's art of charcuterie boarding. My sister's boyfriend turned to me and said this charcuterie board is made of craft singles and DiGiorno pepperonis and I don't 
doubt it. The Nemecolon was like, we don't have a lot of options, so pick the pepperonis off of this frozen DiGiorno, put them on there, get the craft singles, put them on there, and we got some Ritz crackers in the closet. I wasn't there. I didn't see the charcuterie board, but as a charcuterie enthusiast, I do believe that's what happened. Serena P is very funny in explaining it, and she's like, explaining charcuterie and he's just like looking at her and she goes you should be taking notes right now why aren't you taking notes we haven't seen a lot of serena p but she i mean she made me laugh i thought she was funny i was like you know what i'm a fan she shares with matt that her dad was not supportive of her coming on the show which kind of opens a larger conversation into matt's relationship with his mom and his upbringing matt shares that he felt like for his entire life he was pursuing what people thought that he should be doing and what everybody else including his mom saw for his life and that it wasn't making him happy the thing about matt not really being on the show before is we only really know about him what we know from the 10 minute intro package they gave us and what we know from instagram he and tyler cameron started abc food tours which he very clearly seems passionate about but I don't know what his career was before that but he likes what he does now so that's great and then a very cute little moment happens where donkeys keep coming up to them and interrupting them as they try to kiss and it's very cute the donkeys are just trying to be like Sarah and interrupt whenever they can I honestly at the beginning of this date was like I don't know if he's gonna give Serena P a rose but after the conversation they had I was like okay I think he will usually like the third episode the producers are like okay the third one-on-one we gotta like no rose it so that like we get a surprise and so i was like i don't know i'm a little nervous before we get to the dinner portion of her date we cut back to the house with the girls and sarah finally emerges from her bedroom after a full day of being in it and she comes down and just very casually tries to join the other girls on the couch as if she hasn't been in her room for 16 hours the other girls are like uh and so they have a conversation with her and i will say sarah was annoying this episode But she is well-spoken. Like when she explains why she was doing what she was doing, even though it was manipulative and it was wrong, she at least seems to acknowledge that it was wrong. Like she's, she's not really trying to overly defend it. And this is where we get a low point for Victoria. Like we said, it's a roller coaster. She is quite literally bullying Sarah. Everything Sarah tries to say, Victoria has a quip. Like Sarah will be like, you know, I've, I've tried to form relationships with the girls in this house and we've had meaningful conversations and Victoria's like, with who? And then like Sarah would say something else and Victoria would be like, does anyone know who she's talking to right now? Like literally straight up middle school bullying. It was really sad to watch. Literally mean girling her. And the other girls, while they did have like comebacks or they had responses, because obviously a lot of them were hurt by Sarah's actions. It's very valid that many of them were upset with her, but Victoria is just putting herself back in her mean girl seat as we've seen. And it makes you think too, because obviously a lot of the girls on this show have never been on television before and stuff. And it makes you wonder with Victoria, which part of her personality is the real part of her personality. I have a feeling that the nicer side is her actual personality because it seems very sincere when she's speaking nicely to people. But then when she has these like mean girl quips, it's like she's trying to get airtime. But I, I don't feel like it's very genuine to who she is. She said, like, before Serena went on her date, when Matt was up talking to Sarah and we were all like, this is bullshit, Victoria literally was like, it's Serena's day. It's Serena's day. This is her time. Like, she literally was defending Serena. She was trying to get Serena her time. And I did feel like it was genuine. I'm not defending Victoria. I mean, by no means am I a Victoria apologist. It does seem, and I agree with you, it does seem like these nicer aspects of her are the more genuine side of her. But she puts on this weird mean girl persona 
to talk to the other girls. Well, it's just incredibly two-faced too, because when Sarah was at the group date unannounced and then Victoria followed her out of the hotel. Sarah thanked her for coming out and they like held hands for a second and Victoria was like, yeah, like, no, 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 like you and me, like we're great. And then in the hotel lobby, she's like, I don't know you, we don't talk. Who's she talking to? Like, it's very weird. I'm like, does this girl not know that she's being filmed at all times and like they're gonna air all the like weird counter shit she says? She's really fucking mean to her and Sarah is very clearly upset. And and she wasn't the only one that was mean to her. Some of the other girls were mean too, but I just think the other girls had more legitimate the sentences. Other girl, yeah, the other girls had like thoughts and feelings and I didn't really write down anything specific, but like Abigail made a comment and was like, it's hard for mm -hmm. all of us, you know? Like all of them were like, this is not an easy experience. None of us are like gliding by with ease. Like my boyfriend has 25 girlfriends. They all kind of acknowledged it while also being like, it wasn't fair. So. Victoria takes it to bullying and the other girls were kind of just like, I want you to recognize that what you did was wrong. And Sarah very clearly did. And then Victoria was like, I am going to bully you to the point that you are going to leave this show crying in a limo. Then we get kind of a high point for Victoria. It's mean, but it was funny as fuck. She looks at the camera talking about Sarah and goes, if he sends her home, I will want to fuck him. <laughs> and I was cackling. She was very, very clear. And this is a moment where you're like, is Victoria actually here to be the comedic relief? And they just really did edit her to be a villain. She's a crunch wrap supreme. Okay. She's a crunch wrap supreme. There's a lot of layers to her. She's not the tortilla. She's not the crunchy tortilla. She's not like the meat. She's probably the like really nasty Taco Bell tomatoes that they put in there is probably Victoria, but also an onion. I mean, like Shrek, she is an onion, not a parfait, uh, not a parfait. I didn't make any notes on the evening portion of Serena P's date because I, I watched this an hour ago and I can't tell you what happened during Serena the P's portion. date lasted about 35 seconds. They went to the dinner portion. They had dinner. They put up a hot tub where they shouldn't. I said, take a shot every time they put a hot tub where they shouldn't. My sister's boyfriend said, middle of a cemetery. We all laughed. Ha ha ha. Serena P got the rose. That was the end of her date. We literally saw nothing of it, but it seemed like it was a good time for her. So then the next day, uh, Sarah tells Katie that she's going to go home. Katie made the choice to go to Sarah's room and talk to her. So this is clearly some kind of outreach on Katie's part. Again, Katie seems like a very kind person and Sarah chooses to tell Katie that her father has a terminal illness, as we learned, and she explains to Katie that she feels called to go home. Sarah's also very religious. She talks about praying over this a lot, and she says that she feels called to go home because she was like, when I say my dad has a terminal illness, I don't mean months or years. I mean like weeks. And this makes Katie very emotional, and Katie shares that her father has also passed away and that she didn't get a chance to have a goodbye with her father and that she very much supports Sarah going home and being with her dad. We all know about Sarah's father, but the other girls in the house do not. So Katie is the first person other than Matt that she has chosen to talk about that with. Katie is the person who was wronged the most, I would say, by Sarah's actions. Yeah. She was the one who was interrupted. She was the one who was I mean, all of them were pissed on the date, but Katie was like, dude, I was in the middle of a conversation. So for her to go up and say, she literally got in and she said, I didn't like what I saw, meaning she didn't like the way the other girls were treating Sarah. And then Sarah says these things and Katie really empathizes with that and says, you know what? I lost my dad. I fully support you going to be with your dad right now. It's not easy 
I think it also does add some context to why she has been so emotional over the last few days. And, and even though it has been very attention seeking to go to Matt, I'm not going to justify that. At the same time, Matt is the only person that she's chosen to share that personal information with. So when she's having difficult days of like missing her dad, feeling guilty, whatever, Matt is the only person that knows why she would be feeling that way. And so I do understand why she felt compelled to continue to go to Matt. That being said, when you don't provide that context to the other girls, it looks extremely manipulative. There's two sides to everything. Sarah decides she's going to go home and Katie goes downstairs to the other girls to tell them that Sarah's going home and Victoria starts clapping right before Katie so perfectly says that everyone needs to remember to stay classy during this because Sarah has a really hard thing going on in her family right now and that's why she's choosing to go home. And I love that Katie didn't dwell on Sarah's personal business. She didn't like air out any dirty laundry. She basically just said like, hey guys, yeah, it was annoying, but she's going through a lot right now. So be nice. She says, we don't want her to go home because she says we bullied her out of here. She's going home because she has personal things. So the end of the episode is basically Sarah going to say goodbye to Matt, which at first I was annoyed. I was like, oh my God, now we have to watch them say goodbye. But then I realized if Matt went back to the house one day and was just like, Sarah's not here, that would be, I think, very difficult for Matt because he does clearly have a connection with her. And if he is going to build connections with other girls, he needs to have closure from Sarah. So I get why they had to have a goodbye. It was just annoying to watch. I want to put a ban and I'm going to message our chief bachelor correspondent, Sean, on this so it can get included on next round bingo. The phrase seeing my heart or weighing on my heart, I can't. Any variation of me having to look at your heart in any capacity. I don't want it. I don't want it. I'm tired of it. Okay. Allie season, someone got a tattoo of a heart because he was like always saying he was going to protect her heart. That's insane. So we see them <laughs> saying goodbye and their goodbye was hard. I mean, it, it, you can tell that Matt is affected by it and I was nervous going into this conversation that Matt was going to beg her to stay and that she was going to. Because then I was like, she's going to go back to the house after Katie told the girls that she left and be like, Matt begged me to stay. And I was like, this girl is digging her own grave. Matt does ask her to stay. He says, I really like you. I think there's something here. I want you here. And she says that she's been praying on it and that she feels called to go home. The only thing with this goodbye, there are two things that I didn't particularly like. I want to validate everything Sarah feels and I don't want her to feel like judged or anything, but she does say she wants to go home for her dad. And then she goes to Matt. She tells him that she is going home because the girls bullied her. And I didn't like it. And I, it wasn't because yeah. it wasn't true. It was true. The girls were mean to her. That is such a valid reason to go home, okay? Victoria was fucking mean. But I didn't yeah. like that she basically put it on, on her dad, which is so valid, and then went to talk to Matt and tried to point it on the girls. And this might have been a cut. Totally might have been a cut. But it yeah. really bothered me. If you were going home because the girls bullied you, you should have said to Katie, part of why I'm going home is because the girls are mean to me. 
Right. Like it was the fact that she said one thing to the girls and one thing to Matt. It was like, she, she wanted it to be like a final fuck you to the girls on her way out the door to like set them up in a bad spot with Matt. You can have more than one reason, but you're not allowed to give different reasons to different people about why you're leaving. It was such a flip flop and I didn't really like it. And again, it might be editing. I didn't like that moment. And I didn't like that. Like Anna said, 10 minutes into the episode, she was like, I think Sarah really wants Matt to beg her to stay. And I did feel like that's kind of what she wanted whether or not she, like, she obviously said she prayed on it and she did end up leaving. It's not that she listened to him, but I did still feel like she was kind of asking for him to ask her to stay. Thankfully, I do not have a terminally ill parent, so I can't speak to Sarah's experience. But that being said, I do worry for Sarah in terms of just her well-being in general, because in her intro package, we learned that right at her career blossoming, she quit her job to come home and help take care of her dad. Now she has found a connection with a guy that she really likes and she's leaving because she feels guilty being away from her dad. In my opinion, I just feel like the way she talks about her dad, I feel like he would be upset to see her throwing away different opportunities to come take care of him. And I totally get it. Like if this were my grandfather or my parent or something like that, I would probably do the same thing. But I just worry for her in the future that she will feel like she missed out on things. I don't know about her career, but in this instance, it's like you went on the show knowing and obviously it's okay like it's okay to feel overwhelmed when you get here and be like bye but I just I feel like she has tried to take on more than she should and it's like you can you're allowed to stay home with your dad and be with your dad for for however long it's less likely I guess that you're gonna miss out on opportunities it's more likely that you will have fulfilled your time and when the time comes that you are ready to go into the world and meet someone or get the job or do the thing, you will be yeah. more ready to do that thing. But I feel like she kind of is trying to jump back into things and then it has to, has to jump back out instead of taking the time she needs to really heal, to really get through this period. So then we get a really cringy limo exit. I get that she's upset, but she says the worst sentence I've ever heard in my life, which is, he let me go because he sees my heart. What the fuck does that even mean? He let me go because he sees my heart. Again, like, we can't shit on Sarah for the shit she's going through. I just think there are things she said and the way that she handled certain things that could have been better. This week we were talking about another one of my favorite candle studios. This one is Virago Candle Studio, which is a black queer woman-owned candle studio based in St. Louis, Missouri. The owner started making candles as a hobby after she and her wife moved to Dallas in 2019, and she decided to start her business after she was laid off, and they moved back to St. Louis right as the pandemic and stay-at-home orders began. Every single candle is poured with love and self-care in mind in her little guest room turned candle studio. They are all made with a soy wax blend, phthalate free fragrance and crackling wood wicks and you guys do not want to miss out on these wood wicks i mean the crackle is unreal the comfort is unreal the fragrances that come out of here i am obsessed with every single one i've ordered i consistently am reordering more and more and more so i really hope you guys will check her out at virago candle studio on instagram
So that brings us to um, gossip, which actually has uh, less to do with people in Bachelor Nation this week as it does with contestants from this season that I wanted to point out. The first thing, just to get it out of the way, it actually doesn't have to do with a contestant from this season. It's Claire and Dale. I'm sure some of our listeners keep up on this shit, but basically there are rumors that Claire and Dale have broken up. They posted together on Instagram like as recently as a couple days ago, so I don't really know what the validity of that is, but they both posted like really weird like depressing cryptic stories and stuff like that so people think they broke up and like allegedly they deleted their most recent picture together both of them which i don't know because i don't follow either of them so i don't know if that's true claire has turned off comments on her instagram i don't know if that's been like that for a long time again i don't follow her but it seems a little weird Seems off. And this is the thing. We love to shit on Claire here on this podcast. It's one of the few pillars that we were founded upon. But at the same time, I do feel bad because Claire, obviously I hope for our podcast to be successful, but I hope that Claire never hears me say this. She reminds me of like those middle-aged Facebook moms that are divorced and have a new boyfriend like every three months. And they always think that new boyfriend is like the one everybody knew when Claire rushed off the show with Dale that it was not gonna work and I feel bad for her because I feel like she really sincerely believed that it would and that makes me sad for her but at the same time it's like girlfriend how did you not see the writing on the wall yeah you knew this man for two weeks it's very like not trying to be an I told you so moment while also being an I told you so moment where everyone is like I mean are we surprised that's the thing like I feel bad she's probably really crushed because she she definitely thought that this was it but at the same time it's like girl everybody knew as like women as people we have the moment where you're like this is my person and then it doesn't turn out to be your person but most of us haven't done it on national tv multiple times <laughs> like more than once we'll keep yeah. you guys posted on that um we don't but- know what's happening it could be that ju- they're just in a fight and they're being dramatic about it or it might be that they broke up like we really don't no. Next up on the docket, this is a contestant. Speaking of Sarah, which we have for this entire freaking episode, we're going to post this to our Instagram because I need everybody to see it. Pictures have surfaced from back in March. I don't know if you know about this, of Sarah and g the rapper. It's just really a gossip. Like there's not a lot to say about it. I just think it's interesting because Back in March, like just prior to COVID, he had broken up with Halsey. He wasn't dating Ashley Benson yet. And he was photographed. Like, I remember this being a headline. It was like g and random girl following Halsey split. And it was a photo of him and Sarah. And then now she's a Bachelor contestant. So people are like, wait. <laughs> she looks like Ashley Benson kind of too, so... If you're going to be on The Bachelor, you're you're a thirst monster. Like, that just is what it is. You're thirsty. You want followers. You want fame. Like... As someone who would 100% go on The Bachelor, that would be why I would be doing it. So I get it. And like dating a rapper is good for that. Good for Sarah. (laughs) Kayla and I are still trying to get this FabFitFun deal. Like we get it. The next one I want to talk about is a very deep conspiracy theory that I did spend until about three in the morning last week. Is this the Spotify thing? No. Oh, okay. This is Victoria being a Trump supporter. And, <laughs> and someone, it's not very deep, but someone posted a picture from her Instagram of her. It had a Trump flag in the back and she had deleted the photo since that person has tweeted it. And I went on her Instagram. I dug very deep. She's posted about certain things, but I just don't believe it. It's not even surprising. I saw the tweet and I was like, yes, absolutely. 
<laughs> it's definitely an ongoing investigation. I will keep you posted. I am a member of the FBI. So once I find out more, I will report back. So the last thing, we're actually going to put a timestamp in the show notes because we are a spoiler-free podcast. This may contain a spoiler because as you guys know, Emily and I love spoilers, but we do keep our podcast spoiler-free, but I just thought that this little theory was worth sharing. So if you prefer to remain spoiler-free, this is the end of the episode. See y'all next week. Turn it off. Go. This is your ample warning. Follow Don't Insult My Podcast on Instagram. Leave us a review and now turn it off. Okay. So for the real ass bitches, basically a girl that I know, she's an internet friend, but I know her. She cracked uh, two years ago when Colton was the bachelor. She cracked that Cassie won the bachelor because she found Colton's in his Venmo and found that he had Venmoed Cassie. That is a girl that I know. Women are psychotic. This is why I'm saying I'm a member of the FBI. Like this is what we do daily. Right. So she found out that Colton won the bachelor because she found his Venmo, saw that he had Venmoed Cassie while the season was airing. And she was like, Colton picks Cassie. Someone has done something similar with Matt. Have you read about this? No. Okay. It's a spoiler for me too. I'm so excited. Should I log on? Someone found Matt's Spotify and saw that Matt has been listening to all of Rachel's playlists on Spotify. So people are led to believe that Matt is with Rachel because he wouldn't be searching for some random contestant on his season's Spotify account. I have also seen a spoiler that Rachel is, is the champ on TikTok. I saw a yeah. comment on TikTok that basically said the spoiler says that she wins. So I do peg Rachel as the winner, but you know, who's to say? I peg my top. If I'm making a very early prediction on top four, I could totally be wrong because we're only week three. But if I had to make a very early prediction on top four, I would say Rachel, Abigail, Bree, and I would have said Sarah, but now she's gone. I, I don't see Serena C being, or Serena P, whichever one yeah. had the one-on-one. I don't see her being top four. I think three of the four are Rachel, Brie, and Abigail. I would agree with that. I think that those are, I would say Rachel and Abigail would be my top two. I think Brie is also a very, very top contender, very much top contender. So this is the thing. I don't dislike Rachel, but from what I've seen of her, she's just kind of like another kind of boring little gal. And yeah. that's fine, but it's never like my top pick, you know, like Kayla and I've said, it's like Chelsea and MJ are our queens. They are our faves. Katie is a queen. Like we love her. I love Katie. I, I love Katie. Absolutely love Katie. So it's hard for us when these things kind of come out because we're like, oh, damn it. <laughs> like Choose the ones we love. We are spoiler free. So if you've listened this far, Shame on you. (laughs) It's your own damn fault. I gave so much warning. So if you listened through to the actual end, go follow us on Instagram at don't insult my podcast. And then go to your podcast app of choice and leave us a kind review. As Katie so poignantly said tonight, keep it classy, ladies. We don't want to hear anything negative or it will be deleted. I don't want to drive out of here saying that you all bullied us. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with the paperwork. Thank you so much. (laughs)